1: All right, so remember the film breakdown we did earlier this week on how Lamar dropping back as a lefty Sarah prior to that 75-yard pass to Zay Flowers? Well, Lamar Jackson himself confirmed that it was his plan the entire time, much as you suspected, and players from both teams confirmed its overall impact too.
2: Yeah, but despite all of that, Bobby, Fox Sports' Emmanuel Acho, he pushed back, and he pushed back hard against me, literally all day on twitter about the film breakdown that you know we used here and i also put it on twitter so i'll take you through our debate a little bit later
1: he had time but you had more time my friend (laughs) for good and for bad right (laughs) we got a lot coming up i'm bobby trossett alongside sarah ellison it is thursday january 4th and this is your morning ravens update from inside the vault presented by one of this month's small business patreon title sponsors our guy, Jamar Summers of Operational Excellence Advisors, your guide to business excellence and innovation.
2: All right, so the news of the day, Wednesday, John Harbaugh announced that Tyler Huntley will be the starting quarterback Saturday against the Steelers. And he stands by what he did, you know, in 2019 in terms of fighting against Rust. So we'll dive into his explanation. And we'll also talk about if he's doing the right thing.
1: I was surprised, like I mentioned. So we'll get into all that. We've got all of that and more coming up. Thanks for waking up with the morning vault where you get the most important Ravens news and our opinions in about 30 minutes. So I know that you kind of, your workout was taken away from you because of this <laughs> in a sense on Wednesday. Emmanuel Accia, we've mentioned him before. He's been, he's drawn the ire a little bit of this fan base with some of his Lamar Jackson coverage over not only this season, but in years past as well. And for whatever reason, he is just willing to, what is up with these national media members, Sarah, that are so willing to die on these swords, even when they know probably deep down that they're wrong. First, it's Richard Sherman fighting against this whole Lamar Jackson MVP debate, which it's not even a debate anymore. And now Acho seems to think that what is going on with this Zay and Lamar touchdown, and what were you arguing with him back and forth?
2: All right, so uh, not going to replay it. If you want to go back, you can even go to Twitter or, or our last episode, but I put a side-by-side kind of split screen of when Lamar Jackson dropped back as a left-handed quarterback, and I showed a side screen of what was happening with the DBs. Uh, one was really a linebacker. Um, on the right hand side was Zay. And I showed that uh, w- the way Lamar dropped back impacted how they defended against Zay. I didn't know it, but when I put that tweet out, Emmanuel said, I like pushed back, and I'll get back get to that in a minute. So I didn't even know he had responded. When I woke up on Wednesday, I had been tagged by a million people on an interview that. Um, had been done with um, Javon Holland, uh, for a sa- the safety from from the Dolphins. Now Holland was not on the right side; he was on the left side. But he clearly was impacted by Lamar too, and he admitted as much. So this is what he said:
0: "I remember playing Peyton Manning. That was, you know, you. I'm old as hell. You make fun of me all the time. I know it's hard when you're on the field to look at it, but." Could what like playing Lamar Jackson? Like, are you were you amazed at some of the things he did? Because I was, I was, I my he dropped, some of those plays dropped my jaw.
3: He dropped back left-handed and turned his shoulders and threw the ball right-handed. Like I'm seeing it because I got my eyes on him. I'm in fire zone, so we're dropping down, and I'm like,
1: why is he dropping back like he's about to throw the ball to his left hand? Then he flips his shoulders, throws a, a dime to uh, Zay Flowers at the sideline. I was like, mm, that was pretty dope. I mean, that happens
3: all the time, though, bro. Like, people make great catches, and you're like, damn, that was cool.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Sometimes you just got to give respect to the opponent, right? It just, you just got to give respect. So he clearly says, man, I'm dropping back, and I see that he's going left, and I'm like, what is he doing? You know, and then he, next thing he knows, Dave Flowers is in the end zone. So when I post that video, because there were a few people that pushed back against uh, my f- the film I put up, but I didn't know Acho did. Everybody started tagging Acho and I'm like, oh, did Acho not agree with this? So I went to go look at Acho, I thought maybe he did a show. No, I figure out Acho was arguing with me and I didn't even know it, <laughs> like he had responded to me. So I sent Acho this video and I- I- I'll try to do my best and be honest about what I think Acho's arguing and I think he has a point. Uh, what he's basically saying is that he feels like there was, there was indeed a busted coverage with 45. And I'll show a better angle of it all um, here in just a second. Um, and so uh, he says that 45 was tricked by Zay and a 21 switch. And as I look back on it, I think that might have happened. I can't say for sure, but I think that might have happened with 45. But with everybody else it for sure, they were reacting to Lamar. So here's the video. Um, So watch 45. He's the one moving with Zay. Okay, I slow it down here. He moves with Zay. And then everybody though, everybody else is looking with Lamar though. Their face, they all flip their hips simultaneously with Lamar. Let me play that again. So 45's in motion and I'm not even sure 45 is watching Lamar. He's on Zay. But watch everybody else all of them, (laughs) one, two, three, four others, plus 45, if you want to count them, all flip their hips the same time that Lamar is looking like a lefty. And my point to, um, so I, I, you know, I send that out to, to, to Emmanuel Acho, the, the, the quote from Javon. And he's like, well, And I shouldn't have said it this way. I said, straight from the horse's mouth. That gave him a spot to be like, well, it's not from the horse's mouth because he wants to talk about 33, which is Eli Apple and 45. And it's like, he's like, you're using Holland to support your argument. Well, yeah, because, you know, Holland was fooled. And just because I used to zoom in on two two players and that one doesn't mean that the overall point isn't true. That the play was impacted by Lamar dropping back as a lefty. And the other point is now watch on this time. One last time, 21. Who's the deep safety. If he hadn't reacted to Lamar, watch, he flips his hips with Lamar. He's way off of this Ravens receiver. I think it might be Bateman. And so when he has to flip his hips back, he's too late to catch Zay. Mm. So he's, so that he's a part of the play too. He's the last line of defense. I send that to to Emmanuel Acho. I actually told him at one point, I said, I appreciate you, Acho, but you're in denial. (laughs) Like I said, 33, Eli was fooled. The safety was fooled. And while the other two on the other side, including Holland, didn't have a meaningful impact, they were fooled too. And I said, and then I said to him, I said, you're right that 45 wasn't watching Lamar and was fooled by the play design. I'll give him that. But can you admit, that Lamar fooled everybody else. And he's like, did it impact some defenders? Maybe. Like, he was so (laughs) stubborn. All day, Bobby, he wouldn't give in. He said, did it impact any defenders that could have a sizable impact on the play? He says, absolutely not. So then after that, I say here, I'm going to let Zay take over. Zay Flowers take over the debate from here, and I send him this video. You
4: know, I want to go through your touchdown this week because what I thought was cool about it is
3: you guys sort of used the motion that's made Tyreek Hill Get a lot of opportunities this week and you use it against them. And Bateman sets it, sits it down. Eli Apple is focused on him. He stutters a little bit and you get down the sideline. We've been running this play since week one. Like, I'm I'm running around and every week my coach telling me, run full speed. And then it was I see now in Open, man, I'm like, yo, throw this, throw this, throw this. I did know he seen me. And I just see the ball go up in the air. And then I catch it. Then I seen two people chase me. I'm like, oh, this touchdown. And he ended up, then he ended up dropping like he dropped like he was a lefty quarterback. He dropped back the wrong way. And the you whole see, team moved. Yeah. And the whole team moved. Like, all the linebackers, everybody moved. And that's what really kind of, like, gave him more time to throw it back my way. You guys have the number one seed.
1: All right. Wait, wait, wait. Hold me. on, hold on. You're yeah. telling me? I haven't followed the entire thread. Yeah. You're telling me that he didn't waver after that?
2: Watch. I sent it to him, and he says, respect to Zay, but again, men lie. Women lie, film doesn't. All the linebackers moved, so he takes the, you know, the technicality. All the linebackers moved, that's false. <laughs> and so he says there were two linebackers on the field and only one moved. So, again, he's going back to 45. 45's the one I've already given him an exception for. But I will say this, at least we ended on a, on a good note, because d- I'll give him the same Respect that I gave Richard Sherman while I completely disagree with him. At least he has a dialogue. He's engaged, doesn't block, doesn't block people and doesn't take it personal. So he said, and for clarity, I mean, no disrespect. I'm not the one of, I'm not one of those people that tries to dunk on other analysts, reporters, hosts, etc. I just believe the film disagrees with your thesis, but this has been a good dialogue. So I said, you know, great. A classic. We'll agree to disagree. Appreciate you. So we, we ended on that note, but, he didn't care about what Javon said, didn't care about what Zay said. And then after we had already finished, and I pulled in so much uh, audio here, I, I didn't get Lamar's, but Lamar <laughs> was at Podium on Wednesday. <laughs> they asked him, media asked him, was that on purpose? And he said yes. And he went through how he went to practice and he said, hey, can I do this and really sell it? Because as Zay said, they've been running this. So you got to show something different. And so. They were like, "Yeah, do it." So he did it on purpose. It clearly impacted the play. Maybe not 40, maybe 45 was busted. I'm I'm willing to give that one. But you got four other guys. You cannot tell me that there's five guys on the field all facing the wrong direction of the play while Lamar is facing the wrong direction on purpose and they just all coincidentally did that all at the same time? Nah. There was one Initial cause, and that cause was Lamar Jackson. So uh, much respect to Acho for having the conversation. I stand where I stand. I think he's wrong, and I think he was stubborn to not give in even just a little bit that Lamar, like he just won't give Lamar his due. And that's why I kept saying. You're in denial. Just give him some due. He wouldn't do it. Wouldn't do it.
1: He says he's looking at the film differently in the way that you two see it are differently. I wonder if he's looking at a completely different clip. After what I just listened to for the last 10 minutes, because you have me completely convinced the tape has me convinced Lamar and Zay have me convinced. Come on. Ancho. Like, Come on, man. Yeah. So
2: it was crazy. So that all was right. it.
1: On to Wednesday press conference sound, including John Harbaugh's decision. Obviously the one that had been looming for days now in terms of what he was going to do at quarterback week 18 against Pittsburgh, this upcoming Saturday.
4: All right. Great to see everybody. Appreciate everybody coming out. Good practice. Uh, Great work, great spirits. Uh, excited about the challenge in front of us, which is playing the Pittsburgh Steelers at our stadium. Always a great challenge. A uh, couple of announcements: um, the quarterback for this game uh, will be Tyler. The backup will be Josh. That's the way we'll be going with it. Uh, beyond that, is really not too much to talk about. The only real injury announcement that I know of for sure is Daryl Worley will be out of the game uh, with his uh, his injuries. After that, it's going to be day to day with guys. Uh, closer to the game we'll know who can play really not ruling anybody else out of the game uh, until we see what our injury situation is
1: okay so who knows maybe you could see three different quarterbacks at points throughout this game with both Malik Cunningham and Josh Johnson being involved depth-wise Sarah I mentioned kind of alluded to it earlier this week that I wouldn't have been surprised if Lamar was going to get a little bit of work based on some things that John had said in recent years about this hypothetical that's now, it was about a hypothetical situation that could come again if you get the number one seed, but now obviously it's come to fruition. Uh, he's, he's sticking to his guns. He's, he's going with what he did four years ago. I certainly respect that decision, no doubt about it, for reasons that we've already covered related to Pittsburgh. They have a lot to play for. Matter of fact, we'll go through the scenarios coming up later today with Brooke Pryor in terms of what needs to happen in order for, for the Steelers to clinch a playoff spot, Sarah, on on the regular season finale weekend. But um, but yeah, I guess I was a little bit surprised just in terms of, I know Lamar wanted to play, obviously. He, he mentioned that he was going it, to leave it up to, to John and, and his staff's decision, But uh, but I was a little bit surprised, but I think it's the right decision.
2: Well, Lamar, Lamar's Here, let's get Lamar's reaction to it.
4: Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm cool with it. Um, me and Coach talked about it. Uh, I felt like it was best suitable to, like, you know, sit me and stuff like that for that this run?
3: No.
2: So they talked about it. Lamar says he's cool with it. Uh, and he says, you know, he could have just left it. I was, I was cool with it. But he said, I think it's best that I sit. You know, and so um, I, I do agree with it. I agree with it 100. As I said, have said before, it just doesn't make much sense to put Lamar back there with the Steelers. Who listen? Remember, I, I talked about how badly I, I would love to watch the Steelers get knocked out of the playoffs. Right? This this doesn't mean anything for the Ravens in terms of seating, but it would be fun to watch. You know, the, knock them out. Not that I'm implying that the Steelers would try to hurt Lamar or anything like that. But I don't. I think the Steelers would be like, let's 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 tire out the Ravens. Let's do what we can to, like, make it so that they don't go far because no Steelers wants to see the Ravens go far either. You know what I mean? To me, it's a lose-lose by putting Lamar in there. Like, what, you mo. but that said, like I said yesterday, and I agreed with Kyle Shannon, rust is a thing. It is a thing, and you have to fight against it. And this is what I thought was most interesting. Later in the press conference, Jeff Zrebeck asked John. John, coming from 2019, um what will you do differently to fight against the rust? And John was like, we looked back on it and the practices were good. People are engaged. He's like, we actually did a good job. And he says, if you look at the game, he's like, we gained over 500 yards on the ground. We didn't score. And then he brings in more context. He goes, and then our defense was worn out against a powerful running attack. Now, he didn't throw anybody under the bus, but I'll go further. What he's basically alluding to, Bobby, do we remember all of these drops in 2019 in that game? Drop after drop after drop after drop. Lamar Jackson was pinpoint accurate. Pinpoint. I mean, time and time again, there's these drops. Now I won't go through all of them. There's seven. That's like a classic video that people know now. The other thing is, is I don't feel like Wink ever adjusted to Derrick Henry. Like that, he just, Derrick Henry ran all over them. So, remember yesterday, I said only the Ravens can really answer how much rust factored into that loss because they know. They know. Was it rust or was it something else? And John is basically saying he doesn't think that what they did was wrong in terms of rust. There were other things that were wrong. Um, we needed to score and we needed to stop that running attack, and they didn't. He doesn't attribute that to rust. So, whether it was or not, I don't know. I hope that they keep Lamar engaged. In practice, get him involved. Let's 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 guard against Rust as much as we can. But to me, this is absolutely the right decision.
1: They also weren't nearly enough four years ago productive in the red zone. That's another thing that Harbaugh mentioned, which mm-hmm. led to obviously the inability to score enough to to keep up with Tennessee. Unfortunately for Harbs, and this is just the reality of being an NFL head coach and, and you as the decision maker, everybody's gonna point the finger. Mm-hmm. It is a lose lose, this decision that he had to mm-hmm. make, right? Because You play them, and something, God forbid, something were to happen this Saturday against Pittsburgh and everybody's pointing the finger at you. But if history repeats itself, the question's going to come up. That's just the reality of it. You're going to have to live and die with it. We both agree with his decision. You hope that they're able to do things the exact same way they did four years ago, if that's what he feels put them in the best position for success. But now the investments you've made around Lamar, the new offensive coordinator, the new personnel four years later, Four years wiser, all those things hopefully will pay off uh, for Lamar and, and company. Cunningham Cunningham's going to do more than just quarterbacking though, which is kind of cool for his NFL trajectory. Now that he's away from New England, we we covered that a few weeks ago. It seemed like his teammates felt like he was being held back there, maybe not fully utilized by Bill Belichick and company. Here's the plan for him.
4: Yeah, I mean, you know, we're going to, you know, he'll be up for the game. He'll be active, and uh, he'll be also he'll be a you know a quarterback in the rotation. Uh, he'll be our third quarterback but he'll also be able to play some other positions for us. He'll be able to play a little bit on special teams, whatever we decide he can do. I mean, he's a little new to that. Uh, He'll be playing wide receiver, which he's been practicing uh, here and there. And uh, so he'll he'll be a factor.
0: We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed.
1: Take a look at the injury report that was released on Wednesday afternoon by the team. OBJ, Ronald Darby, Zay Flowers, Kyle Hamilton, Malik Harrison, and Marlon Humphrey were all DNP's. As were Daryl Worley. Like Harb's mentioned, he kind of singled him out, so he's not going to be able to go. Uh, Kevin Zeitler not
2: as being out. The only one that's out, and everybody else day to today. Yep.
1: Right, right. Kevin Zeitler. He'll be one to watch as we get in the later half of this week, maybe Well, obviously we don't expect him to go, but over the next two weeks, just to see where, by the way, after, after the regular season wraps up, mm-hmm. will we be receiving any type of reports like these during the bye, or just when the week, No, the, it'll be
2: the week leading into the divisional round.
1: Okay.
2: Yeah. Just like you wouldn't get one during the bye week in the regular season.
1: Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Yep. And then uh, Lamar, Arthur Mollett, Delshawn Phillips, PQ, Brandon Stevens, Kyle Van Noy, Tylen Wallace, and Ardarius Washington were all limited, but Ardarius upgraded to the IRDR, have not heard his name for a while. Yeah. He's been dealing with that pectoral setback. Good to see him back out there because, man, he was one of those ones like, what if? What, what, what would yeah. his year have been, uh, especially with some injuries in the secondary, you know, had he not been injured as well? So he's back in the fold, but this is the way things look right now. Anything before we get to the Pittsburgh side of things,
2: no, I'm just happy for for Darius and also for the, just because the safeties are banged up, and you know we'll see what two weeks off will do for um, Kyle Hamilton, right? Yes. But the the safeties are banged up, so the fact that you've got now Washington, you know, locked and loaded in the background, like that's great news for both him and the Ravens.
1: Yep. So bottom line, though, in terms of injury report, we'll learn a lot over the next couple of days, but mostly we'll learn. A lot in terms of their game plan strategizing on Saturday, but then not until the following Monday after mm-hmm. the bye is when we, right. We won't probably not even Monday too. They won't yeah. practice that week until Wednesday. So there'll be a bit, we'll probably learn a lot that third well, week and, of January.
2: And the inactives that come out Saturday, a couple hours before the game will come from this list. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's
2: going to come from this list right here. That, I mean, you got to pick six from this list and they're going to be inactive.
1: 100%. Yep. We mentioned Brooke Pryor. She's going to be joining us later this afternoon for our game preview and her sort of the, the Pittsburgh side of things. Najee Harris, their running back with a knee. He was a DNP on Wednesday. Minka Fitzpatrick with a knee was limited. Alandon Roberts with a pec was limited. Uh, the big news is that Fitzpatrick and Roberts were back at practice for the first time since sustaining their specific injury. So we'll get more on her, uh, we'll get more on them from her later today when she rejoins us here inside the vault, partner.
2: Yeah, that'll be great. it be great to have her again and get a feel for what's going on over there in Pittsburgh. So uh, you want to move move on to Hard Knocks here?
1: <laughs> yeah, HBO series covering the Miami Dolphins this year, and this is a big hit. It's pretty crazy how quickly they turn around, their staff turns around content, because a lot of this was not only, well, sure, the week leading up to the game in terms of prep, from the Mm -hmm. Miami side of things, but then you also saw stuff from in game. And I thought this was really cool. So you did a lot of the gathering. So you kind of lead us through.
2: Yeah. So again, uh, thank you everybody for shooting material over to, I can't even tell you how many things we had to cut out of the show. We're hoping we can get to tomorrow. There's so many things that you guys are all sending us that it's like, there's no way we can get to it all, but we appreciate it.
1: Well, we were talking, right? We mentioned it like one call to action. I think it was at the end of the post-game live stream. Yeah. And I know that was like a pretty well-viewed show, but I didn't expect the what <laughs> we we've, we've been flooded our email inbox flooded. mentions, DMs. Like you guys are you guys are awesome. It's overwhelming, <laughs> it. but thank you. <laughs>
2: yeah, all of it. All of it for sure. So, um with the uh the uh hard knock, so I just pulled a couple of things. There's copyright stuff. So I used screen grabs over the audio, but yeah. hopefully it'll, it'll look good enough for you to look at. But first thing uh, I ended up watching the whole episode, who knew that I had HBO, but I do have access to it. Didn't even know that. That's uh, just classic. So anyway, the first thing was them talking about Lamar and um, in the team meeting coach McDaniel, Mike McDaniel talking about him. But before you go into the meeting room, There's a poster that's on the door that has Lamar on it. And then it has plastered on top of Lamar's head. Tackle. All right. So here's what, here's what, how that all looked down, looked like.
0: Everyone knows this week is about beating Baltimore. That means stopping Lamar Jackson, who might just be the best player in the game.
3: The Baltimore Ravens, they've earned my respect watching tape. This dude is different. Okay, so what does that mean for us? If Your rush lanes are right and you're able to match stuff, you can hold up. If not, it starts getting video game-like. Yikes. Yeah, he's got a turbo button. You have to tackle him like a runner around the waist or hamstrings. You go high, he loves to duck under or extend the play and find open guys he has arm talent. He will make his plays, don't get frustrated, just keep working. Now, in quarterback running game, you just have to be on your We have to hold rush contain while somebody else is pursuing, and the stakes are, if you don't, he's going to run really fast. He's hard to tackle, okay? Like, literally, the reason you get into professional football is to play good teams and go toe-to-toe. You have to earn these type of wins. That is called as- <laughs>
2: my my favorite part because he's showing film of Lamar and some of his great plays over the last couple of weeks. They show him Juking um Fred Warner at the 49ers. Remember, right before the half? And that's when you hear somebody like they're film studying to stop this guy. And they watch him juke Warner and they're like, woo! <laughs> like just like they know. They know, and and McDaniel's saying all the stuff that we say: video game, turbo speed, all of this. If you don't get them, it's it's going to be a nightmare.
1: Sarah, I I was just overcome and struck by a bunch of things. I don't know if it's the high production quality there or the the great kind of bone chilling voice right that they have there, narr- narrating wise. But oh yeah, I just I was really like you got Mike McDaniel who spoke so so glowingly. Of Lamar, as we covered in the days leading up to this game, you have an entire auditorium full of NFL players who represent, at the time, the would-be number two seed in the entire conference. And they're seemingly all all in awe of this guy. What Mm. a testament to the greatness that it's so easy to take for granted. We try not to, but I think just sometimes naturally we do, whether it's the fan base, us as content creators reporters whatever I mean we I think it's great to every once in a while and this is what this video made me do take a step back appreciate and also recognize what we're watching because not only is it generational but we're looking at and we have the privilege of following and covering a no at this point a no doubt hall of famer if he keeps this up and I just think there, it's 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 good it's it's healthy to maybe step back every once in a while and and not recognize it, because we all know that. But just remember in in, the, in some of those moments, and that's what that video did for me today.
2: It's why he's the, he's the MVP. When you have a team meeting all about, <laughs> like, be careful of him, like, it's what keeps defensive coordinators up at night. And that brings us into Vic Fangio, Miami defensive coordinator, used to work for the Ravens, so arguably should know Lamar pretty well, right? So he's out at it practice, and another coach comes up to him, and this coach used to coach for the Seattle uh, Seahawks when Russell Wilson was there. And at the time, uh, Vic Fangio was uh, a, a defensive coordinator for the San Francisco 49ers. And so he basically comes up to Vic and asks, are you going to have a similar game plan back then? And I love his answer.
0: Stopping Lamar Jackson starts with defensive coordinator Vic Fangio. Who's been masterminding defenses for the past three decades.
4: Hey Vic, did you put in that plan that you had against us? Where you tried to hit Russell <laughs> with the with the mob. did him. I know you hit him.
1: Vic Fangio, the defensive coordinator, he's been tremendous. This guy in Baltimore makes Russell Wilson
3: back then look like me and you. Oh, I know. His speed is ridiculous. And his uh his move.
2: All right, so in case you didn't hear it. He said, are you going to hit him like you hit you try to hit Russell? And he's like, oh, we did hit Russell. He's like, I know. And then Vic says, well, Lamar makes Russell Wilson back then in his prime look like us.
1: Us. Street. Just <laughs> <to> street people. <laughs> <laughs> Civilians.
2: <laughs> all right. So then obviously we all know what happened in the game. Lamar put on a show. Five touchdowns. And then so you can see Miami throughout the show. If you go watch it, they're coping every step of the way. Exactly the way I would cope, by the way. So this is not like, they're like, don't give up. We don't give up. We can do this. We can do that. And like, they're just finding new ways to like stay positive, which is definitely how I roll. And which is the way they need to continue to roll because they have a lot of football still left in them. And maybe they'll get a rematch against the Ravens and they have to believe that they can stop Lamar this time. So, but as they're coping, this is like the final cope when they realize it's over. So this is Mike McDan- uh, McDaniel talking to Tua Tungavailoa after the game.
3: A, no, th- this is a very important moment because, like, it's very defeating, and we have to guard against our team's human nature. Human nature is to say, f*** it, I don't care. No, dude, let's take this swooping whooping and apply it like... All we have in front of us is winning the FC East. Yeah. Thank you, baby. I appreciate you being an
1: inspiration to us all. Keep going. Man, that's so cool.
2: So he's like, we just got to take this butt whooping and like try to still win the division. And then at the end, uh, Tua and Lamar were hugging, and Tua said to Lamar, Hey, appreciate Everything you do, he's like you're an inspiration to us all. So I love that respect that the that, two that, that Tua gave to Lamar.
1: There's that and man, I just I'm really kind of honing in on Mike's leadership qualities, Mike McDaniel's mm-hmm. leadership qualities. He, you can tell he he is a leader of men. He may not be your your stereotypical one or your carbon copy one, mm-hmm. whether it be the visual, the voice, his humor, whatever it is, but you can, you can tell like he's earned the respect and they could be a tough out if, if you end up seeing them in January, no doubt about it. I, I, I really enjoyed him. Not only what he had to say about Lamar, uh, but the way that he's portrayed through hard knocks. <laughs> I'm loving him, man. He's a character.
2: He's definitely a character. One thing that I forgot to mention in, in their lead up this is really funny. It's just 30 seconds, so I'll play it real quick. You know how we've mentioned on here that it's like the worst thing in the world to give the job, to get the job of having to play Lamar? In practice throughout the week, <laughs> this is to good. whoever gets it. This is hilarious because Tyreek <laughs> wanted that job.
0: It's almost impossible to play the part of Lamar Jackson, but backup quarterback Skylar Thompson is giving it a shot.
3: <laughs> like, Skylar, too slow, bro. Skylar, you're too slow for that, bro. They need to be me doing that. I need to be Lamar Jackson, bro. I need to, bro. That used to be me in high school running. I was Lamar Jackson before Lamar Jackson. Pull up the tape in high school.
2: (laughs) (laughs) So they do pull up the tape. You can go watch it. Like, they show some high school film, and he really is running behind the line. Like, nobody can catch him, and he outruns everybody. Uh, You know, but it's one thing to do that in high school, and it's another thing to do that. And still be able to throw like Lamar. In the uh, pros, but I just thought it was le- like he probably would have been a good Lamar impersonator in terms of like trying to contain him in the pocket. Not so much from the throwing perspective, though.
1: Hey, too, I saw and Tyreek was in the news for other reasons. His house caught on fire on Wednesday. Really a serious fire, like a legit fire with bellowing smoke everywhere. Luckily, he so he was at practice. They got his family out of there. Everything, everybody was okay. Uh, But this was a legit South Florida fire. Like, there was some serious smoke coming out of the top of his his house. So, not sure what the cause was. His family
2: and all of them, yeah.
1: Yeah, everybody got out of there okay. So, I think that'll do it for Hard Knocks, correct? Yep. Really good stuff. I really, I got to go watch that in full. I've only watched the clips that have been, that have come in from, from every which way from our audience, which has been really good stuff, but
2: it is hilarious the way it ends. It just doesn't look good if you don't watch the whole video. But they have like this funeral like music after it's over. Yeah. That is just like all their heads hanging low. And then Tyreek Hill just keeps repeat- repeating. I can't, I, I can't believe it. I can't believe it. I can't believe like they couldn't they couldn't figure out what just happened to them. So anyway, it's a it's a great episode. I'm sure for Miami fans it's terrible, but they, I'm sure a lot of Ravens fans have watched it. <laughs>
1: Oof, boy. This was really good. I really enjoyed this, and I'm glad you pulled it in. Front office sports from Jeremiah Moon's Instagram page, who's a linebacker for the Ravens. Back in 2017, he was at Florida, and he met Jacob Long of Gators fan, gave him a pair of cleats. There they are for the audio, for the um, YouTube audience. They're on the left-hand side there, of course, years ago. And then six years later, as we know, Moon, you don't hear his name that often he's kind of a depth piece for the team reserve player but uh he does play for baltimore and jacob is now a u.s marine as you see there on the right hand side and he was a part of this weekend's flyover crew in baltimore so the two of them got together it looks like moon gifted him some cleats Uh, they're blue i wonder if they're they're gators cleats maybe they they hooked this up but jeremiah i saw put a few Posts of these on his Instagram story. And I just thought this was a really cool full, full circle thing for sure.
2: It's awesome. That is so cool. I love it.
1: And the flyover boy. Oh, man, there is nothing like a flyover in Baltimore on a beautiful day, right? In early fall. I don't yep. care what day it is. It's cool any day. But this is something that's gotten a little bit of a uh, pub. Dalvin Cook, four time Pro Bowl running back. He and the Jets have mutually agreed to part ways. That's according to Tom Pelissero, who caught up with his agency. And now he's looking for a little change of scenery and a playoff team to make a run. So with no J.K. Dobbins, with no Keaton Mitchell, but fully stocked in the depth department with Gus Edwards, Justice Hill, and then recently called up from the practice squad, Melvin Gordon. The questions become within some Raven circles, would you, if you're Eric DaCosta, make a call, Sarah?
2: Well, I, according to Josina Anderson, it sounded like from her reporting thus far, Cowboys were like the first to show interest Uh, it's the only one that I've heard of so far at the time of this, uh, recording. Um, and, uh, you know, people have talked about the Browns maybe thinking they should, you know, reach out. I'm not against the Ravens reaching out. Listen, depth, depth, and more depth and more playmakers, all of it. I'm not against it. Uh, and at the same time, I feel, especially coming off of Miami's win justice and Gus did their thing. And even when Melvin came in late, he scored that touchdown. Um, so I, yeah, I probably think he's a, he's, he's a step up for Melvin, you know, Gordon, you know, but Melvin's put in his due. So I don't know if Harbaugh would do that. So, uh, certainly wouldn't be against the phone call.
1: The numbers. If you look into this, like I did a little bit before the episode are very underwhelming. He has the plummeted statistically. Now, some of that has to do with the, Oh, God awful. New York Jets <laughs> offensive line. Okay. Just ask Zach Wilson about the offensive line. I know okay. he, he's been far from perfect, but he's been playing, you know, behind not exactly a consistent. Well, front. Aaron
2: didn't even make it through a couple plays.
1: <laughs> Aaron didn't make it five minutes into his season opener. Okay. So just keep that in mind. Now they, they, they rode Brees Hall this year. So that had to do with it as well. He, you know, he was their guy. Um, so some of that has to do with the sample size, but I don't know. The running back position is too important to Baltimore not to make a call and God forbid one of the three that I just mentioned mm-hmm. goes down, especially cause you can't sit all of them this upcoming weekend. If something were to happen mm-hmm. against Pittsburgh, you're going to want that depth. And I know they have some depth on the practice squad, but that's the way things look right now. We'll follow this throughout the week. What'd you pull in here from Ted. So I
2: just like uh, Ted Nugent here. He 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 was quote retweeting somebody else doing a breakdown of I think it was Dan Orlovsky. He quote retweeted Dan kind of breaking down the touchdown pass to Pat Ricard, and it just reminded me how like Pat was a receiver on there and under under Roman he was probably used too often in that you know role. Um, but remember, we had <laughs> even remember during the training camp because Munkin had talked about using much more. 13 personnel, this and that. So we were like, what kind of role is Ricard going to have? Because this is the way it's going. But here we are into week 17, and we're seeing Ricard is a major role, even in Todd Munkin's offense. So Ted wrote here, it's funny because Munkin pretty much said they would move away from heavier packages when he was hired. And as a result, there would be less of a role for Ricard. And they even experimented with moving him to guard and camp. I remember that. But it's once again, but he's once again an integral part of what the Ravens do. Ricard is inevitable. (laughs) What a unique player. I love that. Ricard is inevitable.
1: That's awesome. So happy for Pat because you're right. There were questions in terms of what his role would be when Munkin came in, but he's catching touchdown passes in a big game. Sure, the game was over, but in a big game nonetheless uh, last Sunday. One more note here before we get to Harb's on his parents, which is pretty cool. We'll close it out with that. Uh, this is from Tony at Front Office NFL with records changing after the early window. Here's the updated version of a previous tweet that he had put together on some of the Lamar numbers. He's got 10 quarterback wins versus teams 500 or better. That's the most in the NFL. He's got an NFL high 21 passing touchdowns against teams 500 or better. He leads the NFL with over 3,800 offensive yards and 26 offensive touchdowns versus teams 500 or better. And he's also got, oh yeah, 703 rushing yards against teams that are 500 or better, the fifth most by any player in the NFL, and he leads his team in the rushing category. Tony apparently, just in case Richard or anybody else that's listening out there wasn't already convinced, just some more supplemental if Lamar Richard information. If Richard needs
2: stats, here are the <laughs> stats you want. You don't want you know puffed up stats against you know lesser teams. Most valuable player steps up in the toughest games against the mm. toughest opponents. And my goodness, are those some stats to prove it? If you oh. can't see it with your own eyes,
1: what a testament! What yeah. a testament! It's certainly been a testament these last few days of what the Harbaugh parents did with their sons who've had a banner week. John locks up the number one seat in the AFC. Jim's heading to the college championship with Michigan. And Harbs was asked about his parents' interview. We shared it with you earlier this week, which was really good. What, Jackie and and Jack and Jackie, Jackie. right? Mm-hmm. Jack and Jackie. Yep.
4: It's been amazing. I mean, I just couldn't be happier. I, it was a nail-biter, you know, obviously, playing Alabama and Nick Saban and the, and the, and the players that they have uh it was really it was really amazing when that that stop got made at the end of the five yard line so um, i was just thrilled for the michigan team thrilled for jim throw for jesse uh thrilled for Sharon, thrilled for everybody there you know jj blake Corm, st francis guy st francis guy made the play at the end there to stop the quarterback from scoring so we got a lot of st francis academy guys there um just couldn't have been more 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 pleased uh i was really happy for my mom and dad you know that interview that they had they were talking about switching seats you know <laughs> I mean, that is so classic of them, you know. Actually thinking it probably did make the difference. Uh, and my mom, I mean, the guy doing the announcing, you guys will appreciate this, but my dad, you know, well, he's kind of, he's a little bit, he's fun, but he's a little bit polished. You know, he's, he's been interviewed before. My mom, you put a microphone in front of her face or you hang out with her for a couple minutes, you know, you don't even have to ask her what she thinks. she's got to tell you what she thinks, you know. <laughs> and I think he figured that out pretty quick. So it was fun to watch.
0: A
2: question for you, Bobby, just as we wrap up. All right, so obviously my college team is BYU, and you know I have an affinity for Maryland because so I lived there for a while. I now live in Columbus, OSU. It's like, all right, you know, you get behind your friends here or whatever when you can, but BYU is really my team. Do you find yourself at all cheering on Michigan because of the John Harbaugh connection at all? I if, think you're, it's if your more... teams are all out, does that Harbaugh connection be like, you know what? I'd like, I'd like that for their family.
1: That has a. Something to do with it. I really admire the family as I know you do. Yeah. And I really, I really like, I really like the father. I really like Jack, Mr. Harbaugh. Yeah. yeah. He, he is, he reminds me of like my late grandfather. So, so there's that. But I, I really like how they just seem so galvanized based on what's happened this year mm-hmm. with the Harbaugh suspension and the, mm-hmm. you know, the, the allegations and whatnot. Like that, that to me, They've, it feels like there's a chip that's the size of Antarctica on their yeah. shoulder. Yeah. And I think that's cool. Just like yeah. it, it seems like everybody, there's a collective universal belief internally that we're going to do it for us. We're going to do it for Jim. We're going to do it for, you know, Michigan Wolverines across the world. So right. I th- that's kind of the way I like it.
2: Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. All right. Just checking. Because I find yeah. myself for those same reasons somewhat pulling for me, even though I'm not like a big Michigan fan. Yeah.
1: So. Look, I know a lot of people in football have all kinds of opinions about the Harbaugh family. Yeah. I'm, I'm telling you, I, I just have such, I, I really revere them. I really, yeah. really do. And, and they are they are true, uh, like they are an American football family. Yes. <laughs> it <laughs> like, is
2: in their blood. Yeah. Yes.
1: And I just, I really like, and you and I, I think, are along these same lines too. We're, we, we attach ourselves to phrases that inspire us. We look for people that are like-minded. And I just love their mentality. I love their hunger for life. To use one of your phrases, um, "Who's got it better than us?" is a classic. And yeah. enthusiasm, unknown to unknown mankind. mankind, those are things that I relate to. That yeah, you, that you relate to. We yeah, they can we, become
2: cliche or cheesy, but like if you apply them, they're like they legit have motivating power.
1: But if you apply them and you commit to them as they yeah. have, they haven't just applied yeah. them. They, as you know, they. I'm not saying anything you don't already know. You know this family better than I do. They've applied, they, they've they've invested in, in that and made yeah. it their lives. And so I just, I really, it, re, it resonates with me, I would say. Agreed. So, let's shout out our patrons before we get out of here. We got a couple new ones. Faded Futures, and I was going to look this up. Now I got to go out and roll the dice on the pronunciation. <laughs> Nishad? Nishad? I'm going with Nishad. Nishad, you let us know. Regardless, thank you both. For signing up and helping us out on the back end. Your efforts, your support goes directly towards the betterment of this channel top down. We appreciate you. And if you guys want to do the same through Patreon this month, you can visit patreon.com forward slash Ravens Vault Podcast, which can be found in the show notes. Like we said, we do have one last regular season game preview coming up later today with Brooke Pryor of ESPN, who covers the Steelers. Go check out episode nine of Inside the Vault with Roquan Smith if you haven't already done so. That's just lapping the field in terms of viewership <laughs> so can't wait for that and hopefully that'll bode well for year two with roquan which is certainly something that we're going to do everything in our power to make sure happens for you coming up next year so with that for my co-host and partner sarah ellison i'm bobby trossett signing off from this what a thursday morning vault we have oh the days man this is crazy january is about to be a movie and hopefully it ends in the best of ways, even though the Super Bowl is not till February 11th. All right, for Sarah Ellison, I'm Bobby Trossett signing off. We'll talk to you soon.